and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of Season GM. You've got way too much energy, dude. You okay? Yeah, I already have. You sound excited. <laughs> I've Are you excited? Here. <laughs> well, we have some guests with us today. And we don't oh. always have guests. Where did you sneak them in? Are I they tested? Are they, they tested? Have, they have got, yes, they have been tested and they've been vaccinated and they're masked. No, that's as, not what I'm talking about. As far as we know, they do not have any nanite infestations. Thank Correct. you. I remember what happened after the last time. It took me a week to get <laughs> that stuff out of my computer. And the earworm is still in my head. That's not my fault. <laughs> as far as they know. Hey! So, so who would we bring? Who do we got? Who are the delightful well, folks? We have been um, chatting with the guys from... 23rd century. Also, the folks that make Battle Lords. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had so much fun last time. I thought we could do it again and talk about what they've got going on now and upcoming. Now, for, where, for reference, if you have not heard before, go back, listen to episode 113. It was our pleasure to talk with this gentleman about Battle Lords and about all of the fun stuff in that world. And so it's episode 113 in your podcast feeds. You can go download it, or you can get a direct link off of the Battle Lords website because they are cool like that. Yeah. We promise we'll put a link to their website in the doobly-doo. And if you don't, you have my permission to, uh, to stab Zen in the head. I already did it. Man. Okay. You don't let me have any fun. No, no. I also have their Twitter and their Facebook page for those people that want to find them there. All right. So who who See, are these? So who are these awesome gentlemen? <laughs> and what do they do? And well, gentlemen, if you could introduce yourselves, that'd be awesome. I'm uh, Tony Oliveira. I work at 23 Century, 23rd Century Productions. I can talk today, uh, and uh, I'm sort of the uh, uh, the taskmaster over here. My job is to flog everybody until they, you know, can't work anymore. His code name is Executioner, or sorry, Executor, or is it Executor? Depends on how you want to pronounce it. I mean, if it's executor, there could be issues as far as crashing and like moons if they're in the you know, near space. I'm running. I'm running. <laughs> awesome. So who who is that dulcet tones of the second person? Uh, this this is Kurt Willis. Uh, I am uh, the member of 23rd century that does most of the uh, layout. So that, and I'm responsible for rewriting the species and equipment and stuff. So, 
Oh, nice. Okay, so you're the word genetic modifier, huh? Yes. (laughs) Splicer. I love it. (laughs) And he's the Viking. And I'm David Sirucco. I'm CDO. That's OCDN, proper alphabetical order. And I'm here to just kind of keep things tidy sometimes. Um, And I help with uh, a lot of the rules design stuff Um, and spaceships, spaceship combat. That was fun. Space. I I, kind of want to put in like the the space kind of thing right there, because that's mostly me. It's more like spaceships, spaceships, spaceships. (laughs) Well, I mean, you have to have spaceships. Duh. Kind of like the whole thing, aside from the people. But I mean, people are boring. The ships are better. <laughs> they don't talk back. Usually. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the AI of a ship. That's different. Yeah, it may be the ship with the nanites. Right. Yeah. Uh, we don't mention the nanites, remember? They didn't want to know we, about those. We oh. don't talk about nanites here. They that's a different name. technology. <laughs> Unless they hijack, and then we don't have any other control. Look, we're not going to go into the Atlantean conspiracies tonight. That is a whole different topic that we could spend a lot of time on, especially in the Battle Lords universe. Just remember, it's in your vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them that! (laughs) (laughs) The good news is that... Well, the good news is that there's a whole lot going on in the Battle Lords universe. And since we have three people who know a lot about Battle Lords of the 23rd century, and possibly about, you know, the current Battle Lords line, I thought we might be able to ask them a few things about what's coming up for Battle Lords. Guns. Lots and lots of guns. Because we don't want to make money, folks. We just love to sell guns. <laughs> Naples <laughs> reference. Yeah, there's a, not, uh, not from Indy, you're not going to get that reference. <laughs> yeah, it's an Indy reference. If you're from Indianapolis, you get that reference. There was a guy who used to do commercials um, for his gun shops uh, at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, whenever they would like let whatever commercials go, basically, on public <laughs> airwaves. Um, and yeah, Don of Don's Guns. Because I don't want to make any money, folks. I just love to sell guns. <laughs> I've, well, actually, believe it or not, that commercial has actually come up on a couple of Try Not to Laugh challenges. So that's why I was giggling. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so here's yeah. so here's the thing. It's like you you guys just guns are, are going to be coming out. So you're just but doing just like an arsenal kind of a thing. It's uh, the next Kickstarter we're doing is for a book. Well, it's a combo Kickstarter, but it's uh, primarily for a book called Fully Armored, the Battle Lords Gear Manual, uh, which has additional armor, uh, guns, armor options, equipment, uh, basically everything you could uh, possibly need to equip your Battle Lord for uh, combat. New cybernetics. And guns. And guns. And as we all know, gear books, especially gun books, tend to be very well received by player bases, especially of games like Battle Lords, which is, I believe, accurately described in a lot of places as, as a military sci-fi or milfi kind of overarching yeah. uh, genre. Yeah. So, what's special for you about Fully Armored and the upcoming Kickstarter? Dave, you want to cover the book, and I'll cover the Kickstarter. Sure. I'll just lay over the, right over here. Or 
Um, so one of the things we've been doing with Battle Lords with the newest edition is really working on streamlining things and, and updating the mechanics. And um, in the prior editions, they had something called lock and load, and it was a similar kind of a manual. Um, but as we're looking at things, we're adapting to the new rule set a bit. And so we've had some tweaks and things. So it's it's going to not be exactly like what people are used to with lock and load, but it's in that vein. Um, and really just trying to give a lot of depth and breadth that we really couldn't put into the Svelte 5.5 pound core rules. By the yeah, way, book is D4 damage. Yeah, D4 damage if you know how to use it, D8. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, a 600 page core rule book is reasonable. <laughs> We're knocking out most critters under size class 6. Yeah, uh, well, yep. yes. I'll give you that. See, Whereas I'm like, is it more than 12 pages? I don't want to read it. Look, That's I read too many whole, pages. I read the whole thing for our last interview. I enjoyed it. I read most of it, honestly, which was impressive for me because normally I'm like, literally, I'm like 100 pages. I mean, I tortured myself in the in the like late 80s reading Anne Rice, and you had to punch through like 150 pages before any of it started to be... Anything more than, you know, four-page descriptions of a candle flame. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like how long uh, Hawthorne would take to describe, like, a leaf. Indeed. Considering the heft of the original core rule book and that it's not exactly absent a certain level of, shall we say, uh, crunchy goodness. Hooray for the crunch. All praise the crunch. Yay, crunch. What what are you looking forward to bringing out in Fully Armored that maybe we Battle Lords fans, players, or the adoring public has not yet gotten to experience? Options. Lots of options. <laughs> so one of the things we found with the core rulebook is we were only able to put in so many for each class at different power levels, so it kind of... Um, gratified different areas so when we did the book initially we had probably another 400 pages of just weapons and everything else under the sun that we felt needed to go in there but we had to cut because we didn't want to send out a thousand page to so all that stuff all the extras all that stuff is in there because well we like to be able to go from you know shooting somebody with a pistol all the way up to firing your omega cannon or Company weapons, so that's kind of the span of it. It is expands all Ooh. those areas. Yeah, nice. the, the- oh, I love it. So it's everything from small arms to the like unmaker five thousand level kind of power, huh? And we, to some extent, we had that in the core rule books. The prior editions really had a heavy emphasis on the lower level uh, and on the high things were a little skimpy. With the, the current edition, we wanted to make sure that you had a, a basically an even distribution of weapons and gear and armor to choose from all the way across the spectrum. So if you wanted to play low end or high end, you had stuff to choose from. But because we basically had the same amount of space to do it in, well, a little more, but um, the same amount. And uh, so there's less variety. And part of what we're doing with fully armored is to plug some of those holes. So uh, there are less gaps as you're moving from power level to power level. Um, it, like you said, it gives you more options. Um, and uh, it, it, there's also, we're also introducing new weapon systems, species specific armor, uh, 
some new cybernetic options. Kurt has come up with some some truly devious dark humor uh, medical equipment. Neat. Uh, which is another one of the themes in the game is dark humor. Go ahead and bring I it love up. that. Kurt, you're not going to be happy until you do. Yeah, you're not going to be happy until you do. Yeah, but <laughs> which, the, the interesting. Oh, just I'm just sorry, but the interesting is about the fact that you're actually throwing in like dark humor and and stuff that is specific to uh, different races and what have you is like, are you gonna? Is it gonna like reading about these like the weapons and stuff like that is actually gonna be a little bit more lore? I don't want to say lore bone, but kind of a little bit more like understanding of the races in the world and stuff like that as you're reading it because that's just fun. Is is are we gonna be getting? It, it sounds like we're gonna be getting a bit of that. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was. Yeah. Baked in somewhat into the lock and load, and so some of that's carried across. For example, um, the archaic hand weapons um, really do go back to the roots of Pythonia uh, fighting. So you've got the Iokan and um, some uh, the other, I can't remember the trident that the uh, Pythons use. And then you've got uh, the various and sundry weapons that both the Eridani and the Vitara use. So you've got a lot of that in there, um, and a little bit of that carries forward into the book with a, an addition of. Uh, but basically is uh, essentially because I, I find it kind of ironic. Uh, you basically have uh, so for the uh, for those who don't know, there's a species called the Mitsakins and they are for all intents and purposes, uh, space energy wizards, if that makes life easier for you um, from a context perspective. And they basically channel energy, psychic energy through things. And uh, so they have a pet rock that turns into a pet laser rock. So, Need. I want little, little one. Things. <laughs> I Oh my no! I I want one. Oh my gosh! Actually, I'm thinking about this. Going to sound silly, but I'm imagining that almost as a mini, and you know, just like you have a rocket. Then all of a sudden, you just have this bright red thing in there. Just be fun. <laughs> this is just my pet rock, sir. It's it's harmless. See, it's a rock. There you go. Thank you. It is as harmless and pure and benefit beneficent, munificent as Muzachins themselves. You had to throw in the word munificent, didn't you, Garamonje? Nice. Um, you get and we get a little bit of of that both the back history on the species and dark humor, um, uh, in one of Kurt's pieces of equipment because uh, it's it's it was commissioned by the Zen who are uh, benevolent healers, um, but it was I believe it was manufactured by the Fintari who were very. Um, uh, you, you, well, how would you describe Kurt? Brutally efficient Machiavellian. Yes. yes. <laughs> So, Ooh. We will so, return you to ninety-five percent combat efficiency. Yeah. So, um, I, I know Kurt wants to talk about one of his favorite pieces of new equipment in the book. Go ahead, Kurt. So, um, one of the things I I come up with was like you know the different species interplay and that kind of thing, and uh, like what if we had a piece of medical equipment devised by the Fincari? What would it look like? So, <laughs> Yes, exactly. I'm terrified. I'm going to run yes. now, please. Wait, yeah. Thus, thus Wait we for it. a crawler. Okay. It looks like a giant slug. It moves about 15 kilometers an hour, goes around the battlefield, and sucks you into it. And then excavates you out the back end when you've been returned to 95% combat efficiency. And <laughs> we all know that the Fintari waste nothing. They uh, are brutally efficient, so when you go in there, it's going to evaluate you, decide, I can't save that limb, I'm just going to cut it off and, and uh, put in a cybernetic. Great, you know, does it automatically boom, 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 done. 
Well, it's also going to take that uh, organic part that you left over and it's going to recycle it. And oh, well, a little bit of that DNA that was recycled was was left in the bay and you got it on you. So now you might have a scissorac arm instead of a uh, instead of a human arm. Well, you're still 95% combat effective, so get back out there and get to work. Oh my gosh, I love it. That is, oh, that is dude, that's awesome. It always tells you soothing things as you're passing through the bowels of basically this giant mechanical slug. Like, oh, you are at 90% combat efficiency. We will replace that damage slug with this cybernetic one. It will fit to plus or five percent of your normal height. <laughs> Things like that. Like, wait, what? Oh my god! So wait a minute. This is this is this is Glados as a as an auto dock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A mobile battlefield auto dock that returns people to the fight. More or less. Uh, my favorite. Ninety five percent. Double your money back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jules, just remember that the Fintari would ask you, "Why would you ever assume I'm not lying to you?" Not lying. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you scare me and i love it i'm, I'm it's i'll be honest it's like yeah it logically you think it's terrible but oh my gosh it sounds wicked it sounds like wicked incredible fun i'm sorry i'm just kind of goofing a little like ee! i apologize for fangirling because this sounds so fun you didn't get it to was. do it last time so you are more than welcome to this time jules yeah, yeah most, most so of the medical right. gear yeah <laughs> Most of the medical gear in Battle Lords is equal parts horrifying and helpful. Um, and that's that just goes to the dark humor of the game. Um, I, I don't know if we talked to you guys last time about the hat box, which yeah, is one, bring it up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So if you have someone who who cannot be uh, revived or cannot uh, be made combat efficient again, you essentially put this box with a convenient handle um, over their head. Uh, it administers a cryogenic injection to freeze them and then decapitates them so that you can carry their head around in the box until you have time to grow them a new body. Um, so you know that, that you know, the medic runs up to you and you know <laughs> sets that thing down next to you. You're bleeding out. You're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, I'm, this that. Uh, oh gosh, I've oh, seen, dang. God, it, it's like oh god, girl. It was like I saw in Girl Genius, and I think there was a thing in Doctor Who. The guy's head in the box, and he's just at, at just the expression of just please don't put me down upside down, please, kind of a thing. But it's just you watch them get beheaded, then they put the head in the box, and now you talk to the head in the box, and he's just like he's sarcastic and just kind of an ass. I'm like, oh my god, that'd be terrifying. I love it. I, I do have a question. Sure. Are there expanded options to customize my Thwackum stick? I don't know if we have those. Uh, Dave did most do, of the web. I don't believe we actually did anything down in that, that end of things. Although we did add the Savage E after the Savage D, which includes an integrated Melcom uh, beam. But uh, I don't know that we did anything with the Thwackum stick. Because, I mean, really... It, it's perfect as it is. I was I can't say, run Python. It, it, it's hard to improve, but I just wanted to see if you had anything to add to uh, the Ram Python's own specialty of, of the Thwackum stick. It's a classic. We don't mess with the classics. We, we, we did make Dave add the Ashinari because we had so many requests to put it back in the game. Speaking of <laughs> melee weapons. <laughs> yes. Perhaps you would like to uh, explain, especially to our listeners who may not have heard of it before, and Jules, who is not familiar with the Battle Lords. Sure, sure. It will not surprise you. It's a Fintari, you know, and they're known for being 
devious and cunning and 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 a little vindictive. The Ashnari is basically um, a, a one-inch pipe with one end cut off at forty-five degrees and sharpened, and in the other end you put a twelve-gauge shotgun shell uh, filled with barbed flechettes, which are wired to the back of the shell. So how it works is you stab your opponent with it, you press the button on the back end of it, which detonates the shotgun shell, firing the barbed flechettes into your target, and keep in mind they're still wired back to the tube, and then you yank it out with enthusiasm and see what comes along with it. Um, and uh, we had a lot of the hardcore Fatari Fishing players. for organs! Dude, <laughs> yes. that's brilliant! I love it! Yes. Say, <laughs> you guys no, need to put that back in. Uh, okay. Jules would be our local Fantari player if we had a game going. All right. Yeah. Why do you say that? <laughs> you like to eat your foes. It's a compliment. Uh, no. <laughs> it's a compliment. It, it is a no. high compliment. I like to make them cry before I do that because honestly, you salt your own food, damn it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but oh my, that actually said that, that, oh my gosh, I, I love it because it's, I don't even, I, all right, we were talking heavy metal. This feels very guar. Because it is, it is, it is meant as yes, it's dark, bloody, creepy, very damaging. But you're supposed to be laughing like a loon when you're using it. It sounds like, and yes. I love it. It feels very guar, and I love it. Yeah. Did we put the nalu nalu back in, Dave? Of course, the nalu nalu. I had I pulled it out very painfully, pulled it out of the original yeah. core rules because we didn't have space. It was like this one's gonna have to go. This one's really good. that's when that's when we started to hurt when we started to cut. Yeah content because we had to get under our page count. It's like, you, the Nalu Nalu is going, that's the Nalu Nalu. Is there anything else? No. <laughs> yeah, you probably like that one too. It's referred yeah, it's to as the egg beater of death. Essentially, it's it's a uh, a large dagger and the, and the blade is composed of four separate pieces and there's like a pump on the handle. So you jam it into somebody and you squeeze the pump which opens the, the blade of the dagger into a essentially a four-bladed fan. And the faster you pump the handle, the faster the blades spin uh, inside the target. So, oh gosh, you're gonna there now. We'd have to find like the right type of speed metal so you can get a good rhythm going. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just it, it, you could actually be a real dick about it and just start singing "Stay Alive, Stay Alive" while you're laughing at him or something. <laughs> uh, I'm making the noise. Oh yes, but I, I've got this is gonna sound a little sure. weird. It's going to sound weird. It's like when you had your original, you know, and you said you had to pull certain things out and uh, and you're like, oh, we're going to have to save that for later. We're going to have to save that for later. The thing is, is what were you most excited to, you know, I know you said a lot of things you were kind of heartbroken pulling out. What was your favorite, uh, like for all of you, what, what would be your, your favorite piece of equipment, armor, whatever that you got to reintroduce? What was your favorite piece? Kurt, why don't you go first? Uh, mine was the hat collector. Basically, it's a uh, device that wanders around the battlefield, follows the uh, e like EMTs, and they stuff the hats in it, and it powers the unit the to hat keep them frozen. Yeah, yeah, the hat boxes until it, uh, it keeps them frozen until it gets full, and then it goes back to base. Ooh. It'll hold up to 20 heads. I oh, I like... Oh, my gosh. That actually, you don't have to worry about carrying capacity as a medic. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> you need your hands when you're... In there it, in the field exactly and it was like cutting off a head yes it's quick and it's extremely painful but you do have to know be able to you know but if you drop another one you don't want a head on top of another head you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> aren't you thinking about a version that 
basically chucked them back to, across to the friendly lines from yes, the back. Yes, yes. I did just, put that in there. It's a cybernetic. <laughs> the, the head chucker. It's it's the brain launcher. Nice. The cybernetic that you can get in and implanted. And I, I actually went online to find uh, uh, information on how much acceleration a human brain can withstand uh, as kind of a uh, base point before, you know, it would damage it or destroy it enough to where um, it wouldn't be usable. So, um, yeah, that was that was my limiting factor on that. It's really not so much the speed that the brain is traveling at. It's that it's, really sudden stop at the end. You know, well, it's the acceleration no, G. It's the acceleration yeah. G forces, believe it or not. Yep. It, it's yep. not yeah. just the stop. But and here's the thing, FYI, folks, for any of you, it's like if anyone said that physics, you're never going to use this in real life. Like, no, but you will be using it in your tabletop RPG. So listen, as yes. long as you're not getting into you don't have to worry. You don't. We're not dealing with relativistic speeds here. We're dealing with Newtonian dynamics. You don't need to worry about it. But, you know, physics are important. And I think we just proved it. It's like you had to research what is the max amount of force, you know, a head could take. Yeah, which I think is awesome right. that you went and studied that. Well, you know, I'm a nurse in, in my day job. So um, it kind of appealed to me. But it was amazing how much research there was out, actually out there to tell me. Um, how fast you could accelerate a brain without causing damage to it. Thank you, oh, NASA. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that probably came from the yeah. Air Force testing ejection seats in the, in the yep. and <laughs> and the, a lot of the Apollo and the the, the rocket missions. And exactly. I was an astronomy and physics major in college way back in the day before you know in the old times before I got old. But yeah, but oh my gosh, it's so cool. But that's actually really kind of neat that by putting as as you kind of said it, it's dark humor so it, it's kind of like the yeah it's like no 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 we have calculated you know the the robotic voice we've calculated to this one percent less than the lethal amount of force will be applied to your cranium before landing kind of a thing oh yeah that's so that retro, retro rockets to fire you know and right after you launch then you hear the AI say oops i didn't account for that tailwind apologies <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> On the plus side, as a brain, you do not have any pain receptors. Pain receptors, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> though the brain, no cranium, yes. But you, but you may notice a slight <laughs> loss in cognitive functions. <laughs> you don't need to be sparked to pull the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> those. You'd be surprised. What was your favorite, Dave? It's really hard to pick a favorite, but I think the favorite new thing that got added, I would say, is probably the reflex missile that lets you load in up to 10 grenades of your choice. Um, you can have a lot of fun with that. And it basically is an area denial type of approach or one big F you to whoever happens to be in the dead center of the 10 grenade radius. Oh, what? Wait, is so? So it's a it's ten grenades is like one. It's like different types. You can choose your order. So you could have like, okay, we're gonna do. Let's first let's remove your oxygen. Now we're gonna put an irritant everywhere. Now fire, and now we're gonna do nuclear since you have all these little openings all over that kind of a thing. So you just like boom, 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 or is it just more of a match to your heart's content? So yeah. uh, imagine. So I don't know how familiar with battle lords or your listeners are. Um, in the high tech, they battle, will be. The we'll make them. Yep, in the high-tech battlefield of the future, um, soldiers of a certain um, amount of 
skill and uh, funding um, have access to them a what we call reflex missiles, which are uh, small man portable missiles that um, can launch for significant distances. And uh, one of them is just designed to be a payload carrier of 10 of your choice of uh, grenades. So it could be several to just glue you in place. It could be if you've got the money and the funds and are willing to really spend a lot of money to make sure someone goes away, you could just lob 10 Omega ton grenades, which basically are small tactical nukes, effectively. <laughs> Giant hyperbaric explosives. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Man, are you, this, you know what to say to a girl to give her a good evening. This is fun. <laughs> it's the equivalent of nuke the site from orbit, but man portable. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, but, or the other one. Damage. Or, or the other one is, is like, or, you know, and I will quote Princess Bride. It's like, no, no, not to the death, to the pain. And you just load with every type of just like pain, non-lethal, but extremely pain inducing. And then you can go up to them. It's just like, are you ready to say you're sorry now? <laughs> the best part of it is when they pull out their anti-missile laser system and go, ha ha, I can take care of that missile. And they shoot the missile. They have 10 more things fired at them. It's like, so do like, you have uh, 10 of uh, those? Get them all, get them all, get them all, get them all. <laughs> but wait, I thought about that already. <laughs> it's, I love it. This the, the way that this works, it has so much. I don't want to say it, it's, it's over. The, I love it. It's over the top, but without that. Super crazy, like er, super serious. It's like no, we're over the top, and I'm laughing. I'm loving. I, it's tactical, but it's funny, and you could use it either. It's like you know, screw this. I'm going home. I've been needing to pee for an hour, dude. You wouldn't let me get off the front line. We talked last time about yeah how Battle Lords rewards system knowledge, and that the crunch does have benefits when you learn it. And I think that the kind of absurdity, the, the kind of uh, over-the-top components that Jules is describing are beneficial. I think that one of the reasons I like Battlelords so much is that it's high levels of crunch and, and reward for people who dive in is balanced against the, the absurdity. So there's not a in, inclination for me to want to turn down the, the over-the-top uh, nature and instead lean into the, well, okay then, uh, aspect of it. And so that's a general compliment for something, having, let's say, chaining off of a previous discussion 20 episodes ago for people who have not listened, but also whether you, in these design aspects, have ever had a point where you felt you needed to kind of tone down uh, what you were doing for one reason or another. That's a, actually a fantastic description of uh, of the game. I, I'm probably going to quote you on that, by the way, because that was that was eloquent. Um, uh, in terms of toning down, I mean the the and and we did catch some criticism for it between this edition and last edition. There's less what I would call sort of sophomoric humor in the book. There's still a lot of dark humor, probably more than there used to be, um, but um, it, it's I don't to say it's not as in your face um, as as maybe it was in prior editions. It's still in there, um, but it's it's, it's maybe a, yeah a little more subtle. Uh, and, you know, somebody asked if we did that if we had did that did that for I don't know uh, you know politically correct reasons or cultural reasons, and and I told them no. But when you when you spend a new car's worth of money on artwork, you maybe you should you know pull out a few fart jokes on the book to make it, make it a little more serious. Right. Yeah, but the, the thing that I, I guess it also 
the humor that I, I get, the humor that I pick from it, it's 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 dark, but in a way, it's not. It's not tied to the zeitgeist of 2020 right now, or the zeitgeist of uh, uh, 1990 or something like that. It's like it's dark humor that you have seen in like anything from like World War One up until like modern day, but it's still freaking funny. Yeah, you know, I I think I, I think that's probably one of the coolest things, at least for me, because I I like studying war, I like studying history uh, of it because it's for me it's fascinating what kind of things are eternal all throughout and the jokes that you pull and the dark humor that you pull and a lot of the serious stuff that you pull too are a lot of those timeless elements that you've seen everything from like uh, the napoleonic wars up until like uh you know the operation desert storm and desert shield and it's yeah. it's kind of weird i'm like wait a minute wait a minute Ooh. so for people that are, are kind of like history nuts especially with uh folks like that like to study war they'll get that and i think that'll be kind of neat but I, I don't know was that part of also your intention i guess yeah that actually was the exact intention if you look in the themes the enumerated themes for the, for the game in the game master section under dark humor that's pretty much what it says is that war is horrific and one of the ways that soldiers deal with war is dark humor and a lot of times yeah. it's inappropriate but they don't care because they're dealing with that stress and they make an off-color joke because that's the only way they can keep going and we wanted that same sort of humor in the game to reflect that so yeah you hit it dead on that's that's the type of humor we're going for that's um that's why we put that in the game and we actually, yeah, we it's, actually it's, a, it's a really um it's a really strange gallows humor that the military uses to get past certain things that they're forced to do yeah, but the the thing that is I, I noticed and Zen even or in Garmas, I I picked up though it's it's all there, but it's it's authentic and not meant to be like you know just rip it. It's no, it's 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 not a a just oh the use of the jokes you know it's like no they actually pulled it because it's the kind of stuff they use. It was actually done in a a in a strange and insightful way where just like you know it's like only people that that have shared that same horrific experience. You know, we'll all get that same joke. It's, mm -hmm. it was, I, I like that in a, in a strange kind of way because it, it, it as fantastic and over the top and, and delightful as Battle Lords is, it made it a little bit more real, I guess. So it's not so far out there that it, for certain people, it would be unrelatable. I, eh, that was just me. That's, that's kind of how I got it. So it's like, yes, I can cause damage. I could be as sadistic as I want, but how you wrote it was, I get. I'm losing my words, and I'm sorry, folks. But yeah, poetry. <laughs> it, it's yeah. I think you you you. It was an an accurate description. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is you know, there's a a, a medic who comes up on a guy and he's he's bleeding out. He's got an artery hit, and and, and to sort of make light of the situation and, and calm the guy down, he looks at him. He goes, "You're going to need a tissue." <laughs> You know, it's just, you know that kind of kind of humor. Um, oh heck yeah. yeah! Or it's like everyone. I think it was a battle of the bulge. It's like uh, they go to uh, the the screaming eagles for surrender, and the general goes nuts, and the Germans go, "What? What is nuts?" And they tell us like, "No, uh, nuts translates to all German Nazis can go to hell, and any German Nazi that's going to come in here is going to be shot." That's what nuts meant. I'm like, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. 
it's an actual event, but you kind of giggle with it. Yeah. And that was a theme that Larry put in when he wrote it. And so Tony's a history buff. He likes to read a lot on that. And so he put a lot of that too uh, and kept that going. But uh, myself working in the medical field, we do the same kind of thing. And so uh, when I talk to friends that, that are in the military and stuff like that, they have no problem talking and going through this stuff with me because they're like, you get it. You've seen things like I have seen, you know, people that you're know, just like, you know, this is how we deal with it. You don't want to be sitting next to us at dinner, especially out at a restaurant, a uh, fancy restaurant, because we're going to be talking stuff that will make most people's stomach turn. But, you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah, but it's. I guess in a weird way, the best way to do it, it's like you teach people with the tools that they're given and it, in a neat way. It's also, I think it with, and one thing with this expansion, and I'll be honest, I'm, I am bouncing in my seat about it and darn you all for making me that excited. I will not be able to sleep tonight. But the thing is you read that, it's just like you're you're getting even more and more and more of, a, of the different pictures of do which groups value offense versus defense. What do they focus on? Suppression, uh are they going for just like it's it's really interesting but by putting some of these other i I don't want to even say themes but just kind of like like nudge nudge references to it it's the you get more of a a psychological profile of all the races i guess which is yeah. ah, I, I i don't have all my right words darn it <laughs> Collect yeah, I, it's okay you have time yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, and you're you're exactly right. I mean, I think it's it's clear from some of the weapons we've just talked about tonight. You know, it's that Ventari favor weaponry that well, one puts them up close to their target, but two is is very intimidating. That's that's what they're looking for in a weapon. Uh, you know, your Ram Pythons also favor weapons that are up close, but they're kind of you know the brute force approach. <laughs> um, yeah, so you get that that sort of you know, the psychological vibe behind you know why particular species choose what they do. Yeah. yeah, and I—I'll I, be honest. It's just I love—I I love the creativity that you know. It, it's you—you—you you, you can find like every person there. There's going to be something in there for them. It's not—it's not like okay, you just—it's not space orcs versus racist humans kind of a thing. It's like everybody's. It's not there. There's going to be something. Something everyone can find something in there that they'll be able to understand. I think about everybody. All the different races, which I thought was kind of interesting. Jules, one of the other main themes listed in the GM section for the book is overcoming racism and stereotypes, and that these kind of environments where you have that inappropriate humor as a kind of uh, coping mechanism, where you have these stress situations, shows how everyone kind of has similarities. And you not, you nailed that exactly as one of the things that underlies the game, which leads me to another question. Ooh, because I, I, I was I was actually just thinking we need we need to talk about the other thing that's that's about to um, be unleashed here. Yes, I understand. There's another project besides fully armored that you're gearing up for uh, that may supplement or stand alongside Battle Lords and perhaps draw some new people into the glories that are the the uh, immaculate, crunchy mechanics of the main system. 
I, I, uh, I tell everybody if, if, if you're intimidated by the crunch, you know, always start with the quick start rules because it is a streamlined version of the rules in the book. But if you prefer something, um, with less crunch, what we're working on now is a, an adaptation of the setting for Savage Worlds. Uh, we got uh, authorization from Pickle Entertainment through their ACES program to be a uh, essentially an authorized manufacturer of the game for uh, for Savage Worlds. We showed them what we did and what we want to do, and they said, "Yep, you go ahead, go ahead and make it." And so we will uh, eventually be kickstarting. Um, Battle Wars for for Savage Worlds. Savage wait, Savage Worlds. Those are the people that also did Deadlands, right? Deadlands they Rifts. Uh, Thank you. Well, yeah, version of Rifts, not the original. Yeah, um, no. yeah. That was Palladium. Yeah. Palladium did the original. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, ooh, I love Deadlands. I I like I I. It's one of my actually uh, favorite. Ooh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to have to start saving now. <laughs> when is that Kickstarter going to be coming up? I, I tell everybody it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll be ready when it's ready because um, we want to make sure it's it's as close to perfect as we can get it. That being said, um, the core rules are nearly at beta test, and we're just about ready to send out versions of that book to certain select reviewers to do pre-release reviews. So we're not far off. Um, we probably have another round of beta testing. Um, uh, to go, uh, but we're, we're getting pretty close, and I'm excited because not only does it bring the Battle Wars setting and themes to Savage Worlds, but to to model that military sci-fi. Basically, we're, we're bringing, and it'll probably say this on the book, we're bringing our futuristic armored infantry combat to Savage Worlds. And in order to do that, we had to come up with some new mechanics, and I think people who enjoy Savage Worlds will really like those mechanics because they'll be adaptable and usable in a number of settings, and I don't think anybody's quite done anything like I am very intrigued by this because the last Savage Worlds game I played had my merchant basically become Sammo Hung and uh, just ignore the fact that he was there to make money and kick people. So this this sounds right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like for me, it's it's like we did Deadlands and I've done Hell on Earth, and I'm just imagining just like, oh my gosh, if that it, playing that and just imagine. Like, this is going to be brilliant. And it will really play the, push the over the top. Um, Cause we want on one of the things I wanted to do when designing it. it uh, I said, battle wars is still very tactical. It's, it's, it's got dark humor. It's funny. You can play it fun, but if you charge the gun nest, you're going to die. <laughs> it's still, it's still a tactical role-playing game. Um, so we figured, you know, in Savage Worlds version, we'll give people to, you know, really push the over the top. You know, if you want to bring your Eridani out with his plasma sword doing triple backflips across the battlefield before he decapitates the opposition, you know, if you've if you've got the, the stats and the skills and the, and the edges, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a system that does play well to the um, over the top. Mm-hmm. A it, bit it, better than some of the others that are out there. Yeah, but this is wow. I'm I'm sorry. I've got um, the GM for our Deadlands game. Uh, I, I think it's like when this comes out. I think now I have an anniversary present for them. Thank you. That clears up my shopping. <laughs> uh, also, I was like having something going through my head and back of the last twenty minutes of our talk, so I went and checked. Um. Just the Thwackum sticks, I forgot they weighed 11 kilos. 
Yeah, it's essentially a tree that they've shaved the limbs off of. Yeah. It, it, they made it such aesthetically great statement. You're assuming that when he said shaved, he was not referring to the other person being used as the razor. <laughs> Where is that? Why did? Oh God! Now that's in my head too. <laughs> yes, it's an 11 kilogram branch that the rampithons yes. use as a rite of passage. Yeah, it's yes. called. A, it's a weaponized caber, essentially. Basically, it also plays yeah. music. Yes. Thump 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 thump. <laughs> now I'm going to have to make like a ram python and, and and someone else to be the equivalent of drum and bass music during a combat. That would be uh, awesome. Or we could all go all Baby Yoda and do the uh, <laughs> oh no, Africa. <laughs> oh God. That was just such a little mm. thing. Uh, oh yeah. You see, I'm gonna yeah. Now I'm now I'm just thinking. I think I need to like use a ram python and a, a zatzen in, in an odd couple pairing. <laughs> read uh, read Charlie Foxtrot. There's a lovely one in Train to Hades. They make the perfect couple. Yes. Ooh. That's so, a fun game to play. And for That's reference, to everyone, Charlie Foxtrot is an expansion. Is a book already out for Battle Lords that you can pick up from their existing website at 23rdcentury.net, 23rdcentury.net, or through various other wonderful purveyors of the games. Now, you mentioned earlier, and I'm going to circle back really quickly, that uh, the fully armored Kickstarter was kind of a, a expansive Kickstarter. You kind of had a fun word there used to describe it at the beginning. Besides fully armored, what else are you hoping to have available as part of this Kickstarter that will expand the glory of the uh, Battlelords universe and growing fandom? I'm so glad you asked. Um, essentially, what we are doing is we are re-kickstarting the core rules. Uh, we've we've had 7th edition out for a while now. Um, we've introduced some new players and uh, you know, whenever you, you kickstart a, a supplement, you're pretty much limiting it to your existing audience. We're always trying to grow the audience. So uh, simultaneously in that in a single campaign with Fully Armored, it'll be the uh, uh, re-kickstart of the core, core rules. It will be the best uh, chance for new players to jump on and grab the system and the book. And it'll probably should be at the best price it has ever been at. Um uh, for them, so uh, we'll be uh, it'll be a great opportunity for people who don't have the game uh, to jump on, not just uh, for the existing player base to pick up the gear manual. So it, it's structured as a as a, uh, a jump on point for for new players who have either heard about the game recently or may hear about it through the Kickstarter. Well, and we all know that there are times when, despite our best efforts, something's going to slip through the cracks. And I know there is some errata out there for the core rulebook. Is that integrated into the edition that is going to be coming out? Or is that still something to grab separately from 23rdcentury.net? Uh, the errata will still be something that you'll want to grab um, uh, separately. We're still working through our first print run of the book. Uh, but in in theory, uh, we're we're at numbers now where we we might potentially exhaust it, depending on how successful the Kickstarter um, for fully armored and and the re Kickstarter the core rules is. So what you're saying is we should all buy hard copies of the book so that you can print a new hard copy of the book. We would not be opposed to that idea. <laughs> I'm sure. For, your, for the Kickstarter though, uh, 
when it, what kind of stretch goals are you, are you thinking I'm including? Cause if you do, it's like, Hey, you get every hard copy of the book or, you know, if you pledge X, Y, Z amount, or if we get X amount of, uh, uh, if this kickstart super successfully, uh, these are some of our stretch goals. Have you guys decided what kind of things you'd like to put in for that? Yep. There, there is a pledge level where you get basically everything we've made for Good. seventh edition. Um, in addition to that, there are stretch goals where once we hit a certain point, uh, we'll provide all of our backers who have pledge levels with stretch goals every prior edition PDF. So not only will you get the Hello. seventh edition stuff, you'll get every PDF um, for uh, for Battlelords books for the prior editions. And I think that's like 13, 14 books. Um, and it's, it's a lot of material. Um, uh, there's uh, stretch goals where everybody gets dog tags, Battlelords themed dog tags. Uh, uh, Trying to remember some of the other stretch goals off off the top of my head. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, I specifically mentioned something about one thing that you posted on Twitter about certain bags. Ah, yes. As thank you, as as uh, <laughs> as add-ons, and I'm looking at mine right here. You will be able to uh, get a Battlelords themed dice bag. Uh, they come in various camo patterns. The Battlelords logo is uh, uh, embroidered directly on the bag. Uh, and my favorite feature is that the stops on the ends of the the, the pull cords, which are authentic paracord, by the way, um, are um, cartridge casings. They're spent cartridge casings. Um, they so look like you, nine mil. Uh, we've got everything. We've got 45. Nice. We've got 223. We've got 765. We've got um, 38. Oh, that's uh, funny. Um, and uh, oh, you'll be able to, uh, they're in limited quantities because we only, we only have a few of them, but you'll be able to specify, you know, I want the, the one, the cartridges with nickel finish, or I want the ones in brass, or I want the, the tiger stripe camo, or I want the Navy digital camo. So they're, they're very military-esque dice bags. Yeah, they are. Uh, oh god! Oh, all right, Zen. Yeah. Remind me, I need to put one of my Bluetooth locators in that. So you know, I'm <laughs> going to lose it. And if it's camouflage, and I know me because I misplace everything half the time. It's like, oh, there they are. Nice, found it. Beep. Yep. But this buy one ooh. with the buy one with the glow in the dark thread. Then you can yeah, turn I off the lights, and you'll be able to find it by the glow. It might look uh, a little creepy. It might we get out? But at least you'll find it. I have a glow in the dark goblin. I'm fine. <laughs> but oh heck and, yeah, that'll be lovely. Like I said, this is our most this is our saving. local Fentari player. She just didn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> the added bonus is that uh, most of these were shot by Tony. Really? You're not supposed to tell him that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's kind of cool though. It's 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 I'm sorry, but there's it, there's a little kind of a personal touch for you to do something like that, and you're just like, oh. But it's it, well, but in this way, it makes it even more cool, I guess, in my opinion. But that's just me. Well, I remember uh, back uh, when Echo was doing stuff was was doing stuff in uh, at the end of Fifth Edition Shadowrun. She actually had put uh, glass out for some of her. Uh, Prince, and she had shot the plexiglass, and in the frame, she she double glassed the frame, and she had like she was the one who was shooting the plexiglass for all of these pictures. So like yeah, that that sort of is kind of a fun thing that you know people will do that are, you know, 
into shooting. They'll do things like that. Yeah. So we just tell people don't don't take it in your carry on if you're gonna fly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because they are real cartridge casings, and they probably have gunpowder residue. They've all been through an ultrasonic cleaner, but you never know, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to trust that. Sir, yeah, you, you never know what's going to happen. We're going to need you to step over here, sir. <laughs> Why is that guy got rubber gloves out? Bag. No reason. Yeah, right. Just walk right. over it's here and bend over. Just a dice bag. I've got one last question from when I was brainstorming and coming up with questions ahead of time because I do that kind of stuff. Besides fully armored, which will be glorious and savage battle worlds to bring in a horde of new players, I mean recruits, I mean cannon fodder. What <laughs> target number one and two, right? Five, six, and twenty-three based on the spread pattern. But yes. Point. What are the three of you most looking forward to adding? To the Battle Lords universe after you get past these next two projects. <laughs> I think we all have things that we'd like to see. Um, I'm I've been working on and off on a replacement for Uncle Ernie's. You know, Uncle Ernie is the nihilistic mad genius who inhabits the Battle Lords Battle Lords universe who creates these horrible abominations that he drops on planets or sells to the highest bidder for fun and profit. Uh, it's essentially, it's, it's the Battle Lords monster manual. Um, uh, that That's the, the the one I'm probably looking forward to. I'm sure the other guys have, have other projects that, that are fun, are close to their hearts. For me, it's just fleshing out the world a little more. Um, in the near term, it'll be looking at um, different kinds of vehicles so that the the options have really focused around very specific things, but we want to do things like, uh, you know, for people that are running more of a feel like serenity or something where you're out on the fringes, you know, farm vehicles, you know, adding in just some of those weird things that help flesh out different um, settings in, in a, you know, galaxy full of different world types. You've got your heavy um, industry worlds, you've got your deep space asteroid mining, you've got all these different worlds. So having everything based in a city, kind of like it's all top secret, really doesn't cover all the bases. So trying to, again, get get breadth and depth of types of vehicles so that there's a lot of different stuff that people can pull in and, and draw on to give them inspiration for different types of game settings. And for myself, um, we Battle Lords has always had a lot of species, a lot of new um, uh, player uh, species. And so one of the things that I would eventually like to do is get all the species that they had created, rework them, be able to put them into the system, as well as continue with some of the stuff that we've done with, like, uh, there's one that we put out at PDF only that says Warmonger's Guide that actually had some of the information that we had to cut from the main book. And that's like a 44 page um, uh, expansion of just piece of information, you know, like how do they procreate? Um, what religions do they have? All that kind of stuff. So those things kind of are things that I like to do as well as, you know, uh, what other uh, planets do we run into? What are the, the native life forms and, and species you find on that? So, those are kind of what I like to do. 
Cool. That would be awesome to see all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, Formonger's Guide, I think, is available through uh, the main website, 23rdcentury.net, but also uh, drive through RPG Print on Demand, if I'm right. Yep. yep, that's correct. I try to do some amount of prep for these things. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I saw it on drive through. And our goal with the Warmonger's Guide, is, as Kurt mentioned, we had to cut, or maybe it was Dave, I can't remember, someone mentioned, we had to cut literally hundreds of pages um, out of the core rulebook to get it down to a manageable size, and it's still pretty big. Um, and, well, and so. It certainly gives you an option to be able to make recurring warmongers guides that have, you know, smaller expansions that maybe don't fit into, you know, full releases. Uh, it could be a way to maybe engage the fan base to submit some more of uh, creations that maybe they dropped on a planet to see if anybody else wants to use it. And that, yeah, that was our goal with the Warmonger's Guide, is to periodically release them in 48-page increments. And then when we, when we get enough of them, we would release them as a uh, 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 offset with a book. Um, we've also, actually, now that you mentioned, have had requests for a scenario template that people could use to submit their own adventures or post their own adventures online. Um, and we have one of those in the works. It sort of got put on the back burner for some other projects, but it's on the list. That's neat. We have a really long list. <laughs> we do. Isn't yeah. that usually how it goes, though? I, I, I understand. I absolutely understand that list. Scary thing is we actually have a lot of progress on most of that list. Uh, we also have more spaceship stuff coming. Uh, that's also being worked. Um, I think we've covered most of the bases. How's Another Warmonger's Guide with vehicles, spaceships, more depth and species, a ridiculously long list of metals. Yeah. Oh, oh I re- yeah. I remember the metals. Oh. Fun thing that happened at Gen Con this year. Thank you to Tony. Um, uh, participants in the scenarios that were run this year at Gen Con could walk away with one of two collectible medals. Uh, the Purple Heart, which was for the person who took the most damage. And so we end up seeing as uh, sometimes people just kind of pass that around the table as people took damage. And whoever was the last one who took damage got that one. Uh, and the other one was the Fubar Star, uh, which was originally for how many, uh, related to how many times you got uh, knocked down and got back up, um, brought back to life is probably more accurate. And uh, in that case, it was given out frequently for the most uh, spectacular, sometimes in a true sense, sometimes in the, oh, my God, I can't believe you just did that. I even gave you the, are you sure you want to do that <laughs> warning that GMs do when they're being nice? <laughs> yeah. But at a convention, I mean. Yeah. Did have somebody use absolutely spectacular thinking, creative thinking with a Mitsakin. They're like, hey. I want to use this magnetized thing, but I, it's going to suck me in. But what if I teleport above the things that are com- flying in? They've got metal embedded in their uh, wings because they were um, airborne guillotines. It's like, if I create that magnetized thing as I'm falling, can I teleport back out again? I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to let you roll for that. Yeah, that would be fun. Yep. <laughs> And the first guy that came up with it, there's actually two different guys that came up with it in two different sessions a day apart. The first guy actually pulled it off. The other guy <laughs> dogpiled. <laughs> it did not go well. I mean, if there's no, I mean, it's a perfect time to do it. If you're going to be at a convention is, you may as well. 
Yeah, that's usually the the throw throw whatever at it. And yeah, I like, just go crazy. One of the uh, had some players do that. They grabbed a rock with a uh, salvage spaceship that had arms, and they spun around. And their uh, uh, one of their guys was a, was a physicist had physicist math skills on it, and he created an orbit, flung that rock of metal at a planet to kill the pirate. Problem solved. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. That's creative. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to thank you guys for coming on and revisiting the world of Battle Lords, but also kind of sharing what's coming up with Fully Armored and Savage Battle Lords. And I think it, it helps to hear the excitement and hear what people take away from these games. And I think Jules, especially, is still kind of vibrating slightly in her seat, which I can <laughs> like identify from 1,500, 2,000 miles away at the moment. <laughs> Hey, yeah. call that, dude, best way I can describe is the greatest compliment I can give is I don't have any words and go squee. And, and we're pretty much at a double squee here. Uh, <laughs> and so before, so yeah, before, we, before we would like make any of our usual, let's close out and do the precatory like, rate, review, closing remark, blah, 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 podcast stuff. What do you guys want people to take away from, frankly, the second wonderful interview we've had with you, uh, especially if they've not heard before. Uh, I, I think the way you guys categorized the game was spectacular. I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we, I helped write the damn thing, and I, I, I would be hard pressed to come up with a better description um, than than what you guys have come up with. So I, I think that's a, a pretty accurate description. And if if what if how you guys describe the game sounds appealing to people, I would tell them try it out. Get the get the quick start rules. They're free. Uh, they're streamlined. Check it out. Uh, if you like it, there's a lot more where that came from. Excellent. Uh, quick question. Do you, um, I know people can find you on, you know, the, your webpage and Facebook and, and Twitter and all that lovely stuff. But do you guys have like, uh, like, like we have a discord, uh, server? do you guys have a discord server where, uh, current fans and soon to be fans can go hang out, ask questions, get excited and get hyped about the new stuff coming in? The links in the doodly do. We do have a Discord server. Ooh. And we're I've, on it quite frequently. Literally, pretty much every day, at least one of us is on it, checking it. Um, and if we see something on it, we'll we'll fire off a message. If I can't answer it, Tony will or Dave. And uh, so it's pretty interactive. We You'll see us on there a lot. I, I literally joined right before uh, we started recording this, so... Uh, I, I am now. I am now in there, and the link is in our, our doodly doo, aka show notes. So, if anyone who has heard this thinks this is a fun game they want to try out, get the quick start rules. Go to the show notes, the doodly doo, and join the Discord and tell them sees the GM sent you. And honestly, if you've gone that far, you're probably going to buy the book pretty soon, and hopefully, it'll be with a Kickstarter to get fully armored up and going. Just because I got to stir the pot a little bit. Um, for those who find that this is interesting, you've checked out the Quick Start Guide or you check out the interior art preview, which is free on DriveThruRPG and our website, and you're like, I got to buy this. One of the fun things to do is to go through there and find all the Easter eggs that have been put in and uh, see if you can find that. And there's also some uh, encoded text sprinkled throughout the book, which gives a little more backstory. So two, two little things that you can... 
I hadn't mentioned this puzzle to Jules yet because that would just kind of sent her over the edge while we were recording. But uh. yeah, it's pretty. That, the thing is, like, uh, I'll be honest. Usually, what I offer to RPGs is just either I'm like, okay, I play the psychotic barbarian, or it's like, oh, okay, you have ARG data mining, uh, decryption stuff like that. I'm like, okay, and I'll just sit there for and like, give me. Mm, I, that's Jules? my that's best thing forever. The core rulebook has encoded messages to decipher. Give me a week. I'll see how far <laughs> I can go. No, it, it's hell. For me, it's like I want to see how far I can get with that because that'll be fun. And this is going to sound uh, a little weird, but for people that have also, you know, they've got um, COVID. I know for a lot of people have has given kind of like best way to describe it is a brain fog. And I have actually found a lot of good therapy and kind of regaining certain cognitive functions in doing those kind of type puzzles, ARGs, coded messages that are in current RPGs because it's something I love very much. But it's actually, believe it or not, a wonderful little therapeutic thing. So congratulations, guys. You put something in there, but you didn't know you did. Yeah, there's the, the book is filled with text in four different alien languages, which are all simple ciphers back to English. Um, and then to make it extra... Uh, uh, challenging. The, the, that language is also used in some of the illustrations. So there's like a spaceship. That's, it's an Orion spaceship, and it's got stuff written all over it. And if you can figure out what it says, you you probably get a laugh out of that. That's good. This is awesome. This is more like I said. It's more stuff for for my brain to chew on, and you know, actually start building my brain back up. So, folks, if you also want to kind of do that kind of stuff, yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it's like you. In game books, it's a lot better because the results and the answers you get actually pertain to what the heck you're doing. It's like I don't. It's like I don't care if I solve the Sudoku, but I, ooh, I found a bit of lore. That's much more fun. <laughs> yeah, and one of the players at Gen Con figured out what the uh, binary code on the uh, Purple Heart says. Oh, that's right, which is available on our on our Twitter or Instagram or Facebook site. Yeah, the medals uh, we awarded also have codes on them, and those are in binary. Neat. <laughs> This is, you guys are this. I'm sorry, just putting all these lovely little, just you know, like little super thinky, cyphery bits. It kind of reminds me of like Bletchley's Bomb and Bletchley Park and fighting the Enigma machine, just putting it in there is kind of neat. <laughs> and hey, brain exercises, so you get all this cool stuff in there. I, I would high five you guys if you were local. <laughs> Virtual high five. Yeah. There you go. Yay. And then there's all kinds of fun pop culture references, which are the Easter eggs, things referencing Ren and Stimpy, Monty Python. I think we've mentioned Clutch. So just 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 a few few different little things out there to to go digging through the book for. Excellent. Awesome. So, folks, yeah. if you guys support when this Kickstarter comes out, and we will make sure we remind you because well, I'm going to be yelling about it, and I'm sorry in advance. But tell us what you, what what you. At what level you support it, what kind of cool stuff you're excited to get, you know, share it with us and and share it with the devs here, because I'm sure that the that you you folks would love to hear it's like, yeah, we just we what we got. I got this or, you know, it's like I'm looking forward to reading the X, Y, Z, you know, tell us what you're excited for in it, too. We'd love to hear. Indeed. Indeed. So, well. Gardemanger, you're going to do the ever infamous. So, fun.
find us on all of your favorite social medias, like, rate, review. If you want to find us on, let's say, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, are we still on Farmers Only, or did we leave that one? Discord is the best way to reach us, or our Patreon. We are happy to hear from you. Additionally, if you join us on Discord, maybe we'll add a Discord link inside our Discord to the Battle Lords Discord, which just is an inception level of craziness. For closing remarks, do we have any we want to share this week, or are we going to just leave it at Battle Lords Rocks? We're just going to leave it at Battle Lord Rocks. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right, guys. So, until next time, have fun. Roll some dice. And take care of yourselves out there, okay? And we will see you all next time. Bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our topic. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you've gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.